You're listening to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland Podcast. Now, your weekly message from Pastor Tim McLaughlin. Praise God. We're excited to be back today in our podcast. We want to thank everybody for joining us, uh, for continuing to follow us. Thank you for following the ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland and all that you do for us. So we've been talking for the last couple weeks, uh, three weeks I think now, this will be week number four, about motivated by his love, motivated by the love of Jesus. I just love this chapter, John chapter 17. Uh, We've been looking at John 17 and the prayers of Jesus, how Jesus first started to pray for himself, then he prayed for his disciples, then he began to pray for others, uh, all believers. And so we're going to look at today, John chapter 17, John chapter 17. I'm going to start reading in verse 15, John 17, verse 15. Uh, if you're following with us, I'm reading out the New King James Version. If you're driving down the road, keep your hands on the wheel, and uh, I'll read it to you. John 17, beginning in verse 15, says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share today, and I pray that you bless the listener. Give them ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive all that the Spirit of the Lord is saying to them. And use me this morning to speak to them, and we'll give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Jesus is in Gethsemane. He's in the garden. Uh, this is the last thing that he really did with his disciples other than the, uh, uh, the, the, the supper, the last supper. But he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane right before his betrayal. And he's praying to the Father and, and he's praying for his disciples specifically in this passage of Scripture. Now, if you look at this and you pray through this passage right here in John chapter 17 from verse 6 through 19, you would think, well, some of this sounds repetitive, but it's for a purpose. Jesus' disciples are in the world, but they do not belong to the world. Just like you and I today, we are in this world, we live in this world, but we understand we are not of this world. We have given our hearts to the Lord. We have made him Lord of our lives. We are now uh, saints. We are now heavenly uh, beings, but we have to live and continue to walk in this world. In other words, we do not conform to the world's value system. We do not conform to the world's loyalties uh, or the things around us. We do not bow down to the idols of this world. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He is Lord of our lives. Romans 12:2 says this. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For instance, some features of, of modern worldliness are those that are seduced by the idols of Hinduism, Mormonism, Muslim, Scientology, and other religions. There are people that get so consumed by the things that they hear and the lies of other religions uh, that they are drowned out by the things that they truly know or may not know, their ignorance of the things of Christianity. And so we, being disciples of the Lord, we need to make sure that we stay grounded in what we believe. 
There are others out there that believe in the lies that the LGBT are putting out there. Um, there are those that make their jobs their idol, or they become career-focused. And there are many that make money their God. Understand that now money is not evil, but it's, it's when we make money our God that it becomes evil in our lives. So again, as a disciple of Christ, we need, to, we need to understand that He is praying for us, that we live in this world, but we don't make the things of this world our God. Jesus is praying for us among all the other prayers that we should be protected from the things of the world. The world here means something like a system of values and life commitments. It is what is opposed by God and God's values. Jesus' disciples are different because they, are, they belong to Jesus. Let me say that again. Jesus' disciples, you and I, those that were with him then, are different because we belong to Jesus. Belonging. Belonging is something that the modern culture, the world we live in today, is unclear about. Belonging doesn't sit very well with the kind of freedom and self-sufficiency that people want to have today. Belonging isn't the kind of relationship that you can opt out of just because it doesn't please you. Belonging suggests a commitment and being identified with. We need to understand that we belong to Jesus. When we make Him Lord of our lives, we belong to Him. I hate to quote something because uh, I can't tell you who said it, but this is so good. I just want to share this with you. We were not made for freedom from belonging, but for freedom in belonging. Let me say that again. That is so good. We are not made for freedom from belonging, but for freedom in belonging. We belong to Christ, and in that belonging, we are free. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We are free because of our relationship with Jesus. We were created to belong to our Creator, and we exist to be His church. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace is what Christians find in belonging to Jesus. Disciples of Jesus do not seek a self-sufficient kind of identity, but they find their identity in belonging to Him. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, but it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. With a life lived in Christ, there will be a passion and a commitment. In place of the culture and the blame of scapegoating, we live in a passion and commitment to live for Christ. In Christ, there will be a, compa uh, be a compassion and forgiveness in the world. Listen. The world wants us to be about commercialization and hatred, but in Christ there is compassion and forgiveness. In Christ we will have a life of chastity and married in love, but the world wants to exploit sexuality and perversion. We are not of the world. Hebrews 10 verse 22 and 20 through 25, So let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 
And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as we see the day approaching. Many of the evils that I have just mentioned earlier are within the church. Many of the good things we find even outside the church. But the reality is this. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We need to keep hold of the fact that the primary point about being a follower of Christ is not that we don't belong to the world, but that we do belong to Jesus. If we will understand that, this will keep us from that holier-than-now attitude that so many seek. Understand this. There, there are things that no, there is no single church meeting place denomination that is perfect. But we as followers of Christ, we can find perfection in our belonging to Jesus. James 4, 7 and 8 says, Therefore submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The primary point is that Christians find their identity in belonging to Jesus. That belonging is what must keep us consistently making choices for God and against whatever evil tempts us to spoil the world in which we live in. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 through 24 says this, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to the work of uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Friend, we live in the world, but we do not belong to it. So easily the church teeters on one direction or another. Either the church gets so concerned with protecting itself and the world that it withdraws into an anxious or self-righteous, inward-looking attachment that won't allow us to reach others. Or we get so concerned with those that are outside the church that we allow them to compromise the calling that we took and we start looking like the world. We need to understand this. We, We have to reach the world but we don't need to become the world. So many times I see so many churches that, that we have become more like the world instead of impacting the world that we live in. Luke chapter 14, verse 33 through 35 says, So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. He who has ears, let him hear. You must choose whether to be so self-enclosed as to be of no use to the people in the world or so assimilated to the world as to have nothing distinctive to contribute. In other words, we need to look different than the world. I see so many of these churches now that have gone to um, 
the casual pastor with his blue jeans and, and untucked shirts and, and, and we got music and we got lights and we want to make everything so worldly so that, that people come in. But yet the reason that people want to come in is because we're not of the world. They're looking for the difference. People that serve Jesus are not the same as the world. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 1 through 22. Throughout this passage of Scripture, Peter and John were arrested by the Sanhedrin for preaching Jesus and were beaten and threatened not to go out and preach anymore. But I love the response because this needs to be the response of all the church. Verse 19, Acts chapter 4. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. To belong to Jesus requires the courage to be different. We need a desire to be like Jesus for the sake of the world, to win them to Christ. To belong to Jesus sets us free to be in the world where people need us, where God needs us, without yielding to the false gods of the world. Jesus, in this prayer in John 17, is concerned about the mission as well as the identity of his followers. In this prayer, Jesus says that as the Father sent him into the world, so Jesus has sent us, his disciples, into the world. Again, the distinction between Jesus' disciples and the world, to be clear, is to belong to Jesus and take part in his mission that he was given from God to go into the world, to live out the divine love for the word world that moved God, that he sent his Son but not to become of the world, but to deliver the world out of itself to a greater kingdom. Now perhaps we can see why Jesus in this prayer does not pray for the world, but for his disciples that are in the world. It is because he is at this point of entrusting his disciples with his own mission to the world. Jesus is not forgetting the world, but his concern for others takes him from takes him from here by praying for his disciples to be faithful in making known and passing on his love to others. It is a measure of extraordinary responsibility that Jesus lays on those who belong to him. For you and I, the challenge to fulfill the calling of God. So how do we fulfill this calling? Jesus prayed, do, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one, that they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth, for your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. So how do we go into the world and fulfill that which we were called to fulfill? Number one, Establish your boundaries as a Christian living in the world. You need to establish your boundaries. Understand that boundaries are not walls that keep the world away from us or us away from the world. Remember, we are not to be conformed to the world, but we must minister to the world so that they will be conformed to the likeness of Christ, not the church being conformed to the likeness of the world. And number two, keep your focus on Jesus. The stronger our commitment to Christ, the more open we can be to others. The more we live for Christ, the more others will be drawn to the attraction and the challenge they see in the way that we live. 
If we will establish our boundaries, understanding that they're not walls, we need to live in the world, but we don't need to become like the world. And if we will keep our eyes on Jesus, we will begin to, uh, people will begin to be attracted to us because they'll want what we have. Church, Jesus asks a lot from us, but that's exactly why he prays for us. Father, I thank you again for the opportunity to share, and I pray that you bless each and every one that listened today. Lord, help us to understand that we live in this world, but we are not of this world. Ours is a kingdom in heaven with you. Lord, we thank you for your spirit that indwells us. We thank you for your word that leads us. Pray that you bless each and every one that listened. And if by chance there's one that got this message that does not know you, may they cry out to you today. Confess Jesus Christ as their Lord. Repent of their sins and turn from their wicked ways. We thank you and we praise you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to reach out to us, please call us toll free 888-688-0470 or find us on the web at teenchallengeuc.org. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about this ministry or consider supporting, visit us at teenchallengeuc.org.